the blessing is not for all manner of kinds of all kinds of uh, persecution. It is only for those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Good morning, my dear friends. Uh, today we are coming to the last of the eight beatitudes, uh, and it's a, it's 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 a it's been a great joy as well as a challenge actually. Uh, even, I mean, uh, reading these beatitudes, um, I've read it before, but uh, they sounded like something totally new. And being challenged by them as well. And I hope and trust that you have been challenged as well. Now there is the rest of the Sermon on the Mount to cover. But first of all, I would like us to do the last um, Beatitude. And then like Sunday, we shall reflect, look back at what we have learned, and to commit ourselves to see what we can do with what we have learned. We shall start that uh, today, but there's, a, there's a, a, a great challenge ahead of us, how to live according to these Beatitudes. Today our topic is with Christ in the school of persecution. Uh, I'm going to read uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, verses 10, 11, and 12 um, as the basis of our subject this morning. Uh, let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you care so much for us. We pray that, Lord, you help us also to determine to be like you. To seek to be like you in this world. To live like, this, uh, like you have lived in this world. To treat others as you treated us and as you treat others as well. Our prayer is, Lord, that you may make us like you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Matthew chapter 5, verses 10, 11, and 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. Praise the Lord. That is the word of the Lord. Now, last Sunday's topic, if you recall, is a blessing pronounced for those who are peacemakers. They will be called sons of God. And so it's a bit curious that um, after being peacemakers, after blessing the peacemakers, then Jesus would, would go ahead 
to teach about persecution. One would have thought that uh, when peace is made, when we become peacemakers, then we shall live in peace with everybody. In fact, the Bible teaches us, as far as it depends on us, to live at peace with, each, with, with, with everybody. But to make peace is not necessarily to be left alone. Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That is what we are going to look at this morning. Now, Jesus came from heaven to earth to make peace, to reconcile man to God and man with man, as we saw last Sunday. His kingdom is a kingdom of peace. Jesus is a prince of peace. At his birth, the angels in joyful chorus sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Luke chapter 1 verse 14. Now one would have thought that uh, the world would gladly welcome and receive and love the prince of peace as well as his disciples. But no. The Gospel of John says they did not recognize him nor receive him. They turned against Jesus. They persecuted him. And finally they crucified him. Jesus warned his disciples. And so does he warn you and I today because we are the the followers and the disciples of Christ. So Jesus warns his disciples today as he did then. As they persecuted him, so would they be persecuted. And so as they persecuted Jesus, so should we Christians expect to be persecuted. He says, Jesus taught, no servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. They will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. If this is what it means to be our friends, my dear friends, then we ought to take these Beatitudes and the entire Sermon on the Mount with fear and trembling. As I studied and taught these Beatitudes, I actually was left with a, a deep sense of inadequacy. And I also with a feeling of just how impossible it is to be like Jesus and to live the life of a biblical Christian as opposed to a cultural Christian. My dear friends, let us be certain about the following things. If that is what it means to be a Christian, let us be certain of these things. Let's be careful how we live. This is a breakdown of at least five uh, points that um, I wish for us, me included, to learn from this beatitude. Number one, Christians will be persecuted. 
It is not if, it is a certainty that Christians will be persecuted. So taught Jesus. Now, Christianity, as I've already mentioned, is, is, not, is not a walk in the park. It is to carry the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and on this cross to be crucified daily. On our own, therefore, we have no hope of ever getting to heaven. Jesus warned his disciples that those who bear his name, Christian, should expect to be persecuted in one way or another. That is why it is so sad that uh, many Christians today have been deceived to believe or to think that, um, that when they are saved, all their problems will be over. Others have been promised that if they got saved, they would be rewarded with success and prosperity, good health, especially if they joined the preacher's church and paid their tithes. Others are just ignorant because they do not study their Bible or they, they read it selectively choosing to make the Bible say what they want to hear. Friends, it is an established teaching of the New Testament that Christians who desire to live holy lives will be persecuted. You can look uh, in Timo, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Indeed, church history shows that persecution of Christians began very soon after the church was established in Jerusalem. And persecution continues to happen right down to today. Some records indicate that uh, over 260 million Christians across 78 countries daily face persecution for their faith. That means even as we are talking now, even as we are talking, Christians, many of them, are suffering, are going through persecution in various countries of the world, and all because of their faith. Therefore, daily thank God that many of us live in countries where there is relative freedom of worship, let us daily pray, therefore, for those who are being persecuted. And let us ask God on their behalf to preserve them, to strengthen them, and to give them courage so that they may not give up in their pursuit of righteousness. Now, point number two, only those who are persecuted because of righteousness are blessed. In other words, the blessing is not for all manner of kinds of, all kinds of uh, persecution. It is only for those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Now, people 
are persecuted for all manner of reasons. There are those who are persecuted because of, the, of, of, um, of, of their race, for instance. There are some who are persecuted because of their religious or polit political beliefs. Some are persecuted because of their gender. But there are many other reasons that people are persecuted. And then there are others who are persecuted because they are wrongdoers. These surely are not part of the blessing that Jesus is pronouncing this morning. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. These are the blessed ones. And we shall revisit this point uh, just a little while, in a little while. So point number three, I want us to ask ourselves, why persecution? Where is there persecution against Christian? And the simple answer, the direct, the direct answer, and that is what Jesus says, is because of righteousness. Righteousness, as we said before, is to be in a right relationship with God and with people. <clears throat> it is to do good to people. Preaching the gospel, for instance, healing the sick, feeding the hungry, and doing other acts of righteousness, such as being a good Samaritan, as Jesus taught. Christians are persecuted even in countries which were formerly majority Christian countries. Or oh, let us think about Job in the Old Testament. God's testimony about Job was that there was no one on earth like Job. That he was blameless and upright, a man who feared God and shunned evil. In other words, Job was a righteous man and God had taken notice. But Satan was not happy with the job. He was jealous of him and determined to destroy him. Happily, Satan failed and Job remained faithful to God even in his suffering. In the same manner, unrighteous people who hate God, even in our world today, and in spite of all the progress that has taken place you know, uh, in, in the world, godless people and righteous people will hate the righteous and persecute them, determined to destroy them. You see, dear friends, righteousness is like a light in the darkness. It exposes evil, it exposes evil deeds of the unrighteous. For this reason, the righteous are persecuted. Point number four to consider is why God allows the righteous to face persecutions. Why does God allow righteous, the righteous to face persecution? Now, Apostle Peter puts it this way. He says it is to test the genuineness of our faith. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. But 
is there righteousness that is not genuine? Yes, there is. There is the righteousness of the Pharisees. That is not genuine. It is fake. It is false. It is pretentious. This kind of righteousness is hypocritical and it is based on mere outward performance. While inside, there is all manner of filth and all manner of evil. For this reason, Jesus warned his disciples and said, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So let us then, my dear friends, be careful not to conclude that every time a Christian is made to suffer for one reason or the other, that he does so because of righteousness. No, that is not true because many Christians have become worldly and unfaithful in, in all manner of possible ways. There is no blessing if they should fall into trouble because of their wickedness. The blessing is exclusively for those who suffer for being like Jesus, for doing good, for being righteous. We, we, we are asking the question, why? Why does God allow Christians to suffer? I think that uh, I should just add that um, Jesus suffered and Christians are called to be like Jesus. And so the, the road that Jesus walked, we are to walk it too. The cross he carried, we are to carry. And therefore, and the consequences of his uh, righteous life are going to be the consequences we ourselves are to encounter. Now, um, why God allows persecution? It is, we have already seen it is to test our faith. Jesus also did say uh, at one time that um, at the end of time, uh, you know, there will be a testing of to, 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 to separate the wheat from the weeds. And so persecution is in a way uh, to separate genuine disciples and false disciples. Genuine Christians from unfaithful Christians. So, um, on account of what um, I have just said, I would like to look again at, uh, at the scripture that uh, uh, Peter has written for us to be able to distinguish between genuine righteousness and false righteousness and genuine persecution and persecu I mean because of our faith and persecution that is for wrongdoing. Apostle Peter draws a clear distinction between those who are persecuted because of righteousness and those who are punished because they are wrongdoers. He says, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. 
If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but, pra but praise God that you bear his name. Blessed, my dear friends, are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Finally, I, want, I would like us to respond to the question, how are Christians to respond to persecution? And uh, to answer this, I want to read uh, what Jesus said in our Beatitude. He says in verses 11 and 12, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Verse 12, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That is the answer that Jesus gave to this question. <laughs> but my friends, rejoice and be glad under persecution. Well, this must have shocked his audience. First, he tells them, including his disciples, that they should expect to be persecuted on account of his name. Now he's telling them, under persecution, they are to rejoice and be glad. But what does this mean? Needless to say, persecution is never pleasant at all. It is painful and it may end in death. Jesus knew that he would be persecuted and he would be crucified in the end. At the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was in anguish as he prayed to his father saying, if possible to take away the cup of suffering that he was about to drink. According to Luke, his sweat, Jesus' sweat was like drops of blood. Therefore, I don't expect that Jesus would have, um, would, have, would have asked or he would have taught his disciples to laugh and be merry as they faced persecution. Obviously, this is not what he meant. Christians are not expected to be happy, to rejoice and be glad because they are persecuted as such. They are to rejoice instead because their persecution elevates them to the same level as the prophets, as the prophets who came before them and were persecuted because it taught the truth that they had received from God. And all they did is pronounce it, the truth, the word of God to the people. Example was Jeremiah, there was Amos, Zechariah, and, and many of the prophets indeed. In fact, the persecution of Christians is accurate testimony that they do resemble the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, apart from Stephen, Peter was among the first 
disciples to be persecuted. We have already seen what it says in 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 in, in Peter in the first Peter four fourteen, which I believe that uh, Peter would have written uh, from his um, own experience. And uh, we read in chapter five of Acts, verse forty one, how Peter and John were thoroughly whipped and humiliated in the Sanhedrin because. They had healed a beggar and they had also preached in the name of Jesus. They had healed him um, in the name of Jesus and preached in the name of Jesus. And when they were beaten and thrashed in the Sanhedrin, the, the, the book of Acts 5.41 says that they left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering of suffering disgrace for the name that is the name of Jesus in their Philippian jail Paul and Silas sang hymns and praised God even without knowing what was going to happen to them the following day another example is our local example the matters the Christian matters of Uganda these were about 40 young Christians, almost boys really, who in 1885 were burned to death at the orders of their king, Kabaka Mwanga, because of their faith in Jesus Christ. One of them was a boy named Yusuf, who was only 12 years old. As their hands were being tied, Yusuf asked not to be tied, promising that he would not struggle in the fire that would take him to Jesus. Amen, friends? Only 12 years old. Rejoice, therefore, and be glad, says the Lord Jesus Christ, because great is your reward in heaven. The Bible tells us that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross and scorned and its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And Paul says, I consider, I consider our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So, it is not for, for, it is not for persecution in itself that persecuted Christians are to rejoice and be glad. It is for the honor of being treated as Jesus was treated, and as the prophets and the apostles before them were treated. Second, Jesus promises that there will be great rewards in heaven, e.g., um, example, uh, from the rest of the Bible, Christians will be glorified at the, Christ, at the coming of Christ. We will be fitted with new heavenly bodies. We shall see God face to face, and those who overcome will sit with Jesus on God's throne and rule with him in his kingdom. So, let me ask this question as we come to the end of this study. Is any one of us, my dear friends, facing persecution today? Persecution comes in many forms. 
Some forms are very subtle, but they are there. In the places of work, when you are bypassed for promotion because you are a Christian, when you are denied other benefits in life because you are a Christian, when people whisper and say all manner of things because you are Christians, but there's also the worst kind of persecution when people are actually physically assaulted or even killed as it is happening in many countries today. Christ is saying, remember they treated me in that manner. Remember they treated the prophets in the same manner and the apostles as well. Remember there are great rewards waiting for you in heaven. So how should we take this uh, lesson today? We have gone through the eight Beatitudes now. This is the last one. But there is yet the rest of the Sermon on the Mount to tackle. I want you to end by saying this. The Beatitudes, the teachings of the Sermon on the Mount as a whole actually, are not laws, no rules to be followed. So we cannot say, oh, from today, I will do my best to, to be spiritually poor, or I'll do my best to be meek, or I'll do my best to hunger and thus for righteousness. And in case I am persecuted, I will rejoice and I'll be glad. We cannot say that. It is not something we are called to do. This is not what Jesus taught in any case. It is not a matter of making a new resolution. Jesus taught that those who enter, those who would enter into heaven, or who will enter into the kingdom of God, are those who are like him, who become like him. The operative word is to be like Jesus, not to do like Jesus initially. But when we have become like Jesus, then we, be, we, 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 we act like, we do the things that he did. It is clear from the Beatitudes, I am sad to say, that some of us will not qualify to enter into heaven. I wonder, will I make them mark myself? Having defined for us what a Christian's looks like, Jesus went, went on to teach the practicals. We will attempt to tackle the rest of the Sermon on the Mount in the coming weeks, therefore. As we do so, let us daily make it our habit to sit in quietness at the feet of Jesus in prayer and in serious meditation on his word. Our salvation, let us be reminded once again, is not yet complete. It is far from complete. We are far from being perfect. Our initial salvation is just initial, just the beginning. There's a long journey to be traveled. It's a spiritual journey. It's a path of righteousness. We need help. We need Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to seriously study, understand, and apply the Word of God daily in our lives. 
we should do so until Christ returns. When we do this, we may actually be persecuted. When we live like Jesus, it is a certainty that the world will hate us as they hated Jesus. But then, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Father in heaven, I want to pray for those who may be going through some kind of persecution today. I know for sure that many are being persecuted in many parts of the world, as we have already observed, and some of them may be even in danger of being killed. It has happened before. Christians have been beheaded in front of cameras, TV cameras. And there's reports from many parts of the world that many Christians are indeed going through serious persecution, even in spite of the the many, you know, the much progress that has been has, has been taking place, including education and uh, you know prosperity of nations, and yet people behave even as they behaved over two thousand years ago. This is because the righteous hate, the unrighteous hate the righteous as they hated Jesus. Help us therefore to seek, to humbly be with Jesus and walk beside him. Let us allow Jesus to hold our hands as little babies and teach us how to walk on the path of righteousness. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we do pray. Amen.